mean, and as as usual, I play it fast and loose. Welcome to Wines, 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 the podcast where we drink wine, we whine about things with me, Christine Wines. Hello, I'm your host, Christine Wines. It's a wonderful day. It's been a little gloomy, actually. I don't know why I say that. Uh, my stomach kind of hurts, but otherwise I'm trucking along. I'm going to make some barbecue chicken pizza tonight. But yeah. more importantly, I want to introduce our lovely guest, uh, socialist extraordinaire, Montana Blowhard. Uh, we got to get that. We got to get that at that Twitter at whatever the handle uh, right away, right away. The Let's handle. get it right of the way. Uh, we've improvised together. We've we've sh- broken bread and you made a delicious mulled cider. Hot apple. Oh, cider? yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I want to say his name because I've forgotten to do this multiple times. Welcome to the podcast, Dylan Shearer. Ooh, thank you for having me, Christine. What's up? Anytime. Um, nothing much, man. As I said, a little bit of a tummy ache, but yeah, my my fiance sponsor, um, as he's oft referred to on this pod. See, I I prefer sponsor. Sponsor. I think for the for the auditory medium, I do mm-hmm. fiance sponsor, but on yeah. Twitter. That's one of my greatest hits um, among my 30 followers of my fiance. I was going to say sponsor. among of your among your many greatest hits, it's, at it's, least like a double LP worth of them. You and I both, I think, use Twitter in the same way. It's a game and it's for me and I'm just going to blast off and have a good time. And I don't really care. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah, what I appreciate very much about your, your account as well. I Yeah. My tweets are for me and my one friend who likes the same things as me. So and that's about it. I should ask because I have this trouble with my family and I know you're pretty close with your fam. Do they ever like ask you what the, what the fuck was that? Because I am constantly getting that question from my family. <laughs> well, my dad used to get every tweet I sent to his phone. Oh boy. Which as a text, <laughs> which is awful. That's um, so sweet. <laughs> so I have my entire drafts folder is just, you know, my Montana blowhard after dark tweets, my triple oh, yes. X tweets. I do get I, nervous I to post certain things. Totally get that. <laughs> Both my my mom, my brother, and my dad all follow me on Twitter, um, so I have to, I'm semi careful. I'm probably not as I don't think he gets the the text anymore, but That's he's he's a professor, so I used to like semi schedule them when I knew he had classes just to make sure he had his phone off, you know. Yeah, he's got that. I caught him disturb. several times. Yeah. Yeah, I. That's a very sweet and and B <laughs> definitely resonates that you have an after dark drafts because I like, I, I'd have been cursing in front of my parents for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, w- up until I was in the house or like before I left the house, I was still very careful, but mm-hmm. now that I'm out, I'm like, I don't give a shit. And I know they're recording <laughs> mom, dad or listening, but now it's like, I got to worry. And like, sometimes I'll have a joke and I'll want to post it, but it's like, it maybe is like for the sake of the joke, I'll say like, oh, my cousin did this, even though they yeah. didn't do this. But then I'm like, oh, fuck, my cousins follow me and my aunts yeah. follow me and uncles. I don't want them to think I'm like shitting on them. So it's a dangerous, dangerous game. It's we a play. dangerous game. I have some relation. I won't be specific because I'm sure my parents will be listening to this mm-hmm, at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, who and I, we appreciate the listen. Love the metrics. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Cheryl and Tobin, thank you. <laughs> I... Uh, I don't exactly like their politics. Sure. And so I tweeted something like vague about it, you know, mm-hmm. and immediately 
my like great aunt or whatever mm-hmm. uh like comments on it being like oh is it this person like they're <laughs> they don't mean it and i was like you don't even follow me first of all so okay. how did you find this tweet there you're yeah, the star property. of the fam dylan and that's a burden that we both have <laughs> to live through i i'm like jesus with my cross on my back going <sighs> through gethsemane ship on your shoulder cross it's, on your back that's man. horrible i know but yeah what can you do i the, you can't you can't do i anything. like try to someone told me this piece of advice which is like tweet or like write they're talking about writing who gives advice mm. about tweeting sure. but they're talking about writing they're like write as if your parents are dead and mm. i have not been able to live up to that advice yet yeah i think i think i've gotten a, like a lot better um and i think i said i tweeted something with the word bush in it recently mm-hmm. and I was and that like, is in HW. No, rarely, yeah, okay. if ever, do I refer to Bush as HW. <laughs> but um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to post this because I think it's funny and the joke stands mm-hmm. and I don't care. Um, I think, I mean, that's my similar view on comedy, like things that are taboo. I'm like, if you can make a joke out of this and it, it's actually funny, you know, classic Anthony Jeselnik, like he's yeah. very, very <gasps> blue, but. Mm-hmm. I just want to first address the elephant before I go further. I'm dog sitting right now. Shout out to Tobias Child. But um, if you hear barking, sorry, because I I can literally do nothing about it. But anyways. Same on my end. You know, I have a dog too. So if it's barking, it could be either of the dogs. Is Mars loud? He can be. He's, we've been, he used to be quiet, but we've mm-hmm. recently been opening the windows to like cut down on heating costs. Oh, sure. And he's been looking out the window and sort of barking at yep. phantoms. Okay. Like, I don't see dogs or kids. So he's been getting very loud recently. I mean, I'm for sure. I believe that dogs can see ghosts. Like they know presences mm-hmm. and they will bark at really anything they detect ethereally in your home. Yep. So that makes sense. Just like Kid Cuddy. That's a is kid he... see ghost joke. If okay. anyone is wondering, the kid Cuddy, and Cuddy I was. West. Thank oh. you. <laughs> You're uh, well, let's jump to our wines because I, really, I want to share first. Um, usually, Please. I say guests first, but I think we're friends, and I think you understand that I don't respect my own rules. So, I've <laughs> I've made a poor man's uh, sangria spritz. So Ooh. I took some wine that I had. It was a Pinot Grigio. It wasn't that great. And I added mm-hmm. a splash of orange juice, a splash of pineapple juice. And I always okay. have some frozen fruit on hand. So I had some mango strawberries and I threw in some San Pellegrino water, not the flavored one, like their LaCroix um, yeah. competitor. It's very good. I find these like much more drinkable. And then I have a backup in case I finish it, which is uh, not a wine, but a vitamin c seltzer hard seltzer it tastes like trash and we're just trying to get through them so i was like might as well knock this bad boy out what flavor of sampelli are we working with it was a tangerine strawberry so and the fruits are strawberry and mango in this sangria spritz so we're going tropical tonight i'm a big mango fan so anything any opportunity i can add it it's great and let me just give a taste and get it on the mic Mm. It tastes um, like you would expect frozen fruit in a $8 bottle of wine. Would taste. Wonderful, I imagine. <laughs> is the... What do we have on your end, Dylan? I saw yeah. a beautiful, beautifully designed. Yeah, Last well, bottle. I knew I was coming on Wines, 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 so mm-hmm. I thought it I'd show out a little bit. Oh and God, I went with so a double digit 
bottle of wine. Whoa. Uh, not talking about into the 20s, but, you know, mm-hmm. almost like 17. Uh, okay. This is a That's Sound good. and Fury Sound 2017. So okay, fairly old. Pinot Noir from California. Cali, baby. Great grapes in the Cali region. Exactly. The, the back of the bottle, which is how I buy my wine, mm-hmm. says they are trying to capture lightning in a bottle each okay. and every time. So wait, you look at the back of the Correct. bottle. I read, I read the back label, and wow. as per, the more pretentious it sounds, uh, the more likely I am to buy it. Really? Yes. Interesting. I'm kind of the opposite. I definitely go the judge a book by its cover. And then I'll look at the back to just see the flavor notes. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I know I don't like sour, sour wines, but I do yeah. like dry wine. So I'll go and see what they have, but let's give it a taste. So I'm eager yeah. to hear what it tastes like for you. Our previous guests threw out the term jammy, which was fun. Um, there's definitely, it's definitely dry. Okay. It definitely has fruit in it. Okay. Made uh, from grapes. Some would say made from grapes. Honestly, I'm tasting pepper. That sounds weird, but I think that's right. Now, when you say pepper, mm-hmm. do you mean black pepper? I do not mean like a bell. I do not mean a bell pepper. <laughs> I mean the uh, the wonderful. I'm trying to remember the name of black pepper. Calabrian? No, it's oh, not a Calabrian. That's something like that. Um, Maybe. Oh, there's it's a, like it's a nice black pepper. Yeah, it's um, what you would put on, you know, your avocado toast. Uh, some salt and pepper pepper the back of the, i was looking for tasting notes mm. all we got here is lush dark fruit lush, and smooth dark. texture got some cherries in there oop i yeah. heard him that's mars that's he's my boy very cute he's so how big is he now uh he is let's see he's like four feet off three three feet off the ground and oh, okay. 46 pounds dang yeah ripple yeah. he's uh, my dog i don't know if we've introduced him um his name's ripple and he is about 43 pounds um yeah. oh they're gonna have a good tete-a-tete uh mm-hmm. when they meet they're gonna go <laughs> buck wild i'd say um yeah, so with dylan with your wines perhaps i should have asked this before he heard about mm-hmm. it what's your experience and what you know do you typically prefer wines or is this like you know uh, a special occasion for the pod um so yeah, I would say starting in like 2016, 2017, I started drinking more wine. Why did you My, do that? Dep- depression? Depression. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I wanted to become, you know, a more uh, cultured man. Oh, sure. But I mean, honestly, like I had like a lot of, you know, guys my age. Mm-hmm. I started out drinking beer because that's okay. so much easier to get than wine. Yeah, it really um, is. My first beer was a Bud Light at my I love it. That's one of Fernando's my Fernando's house. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't really drink wine outside of, you know, maybe a glass, uh, like a dinner party or something Sure. until, yeah, like I was 26, 27, Are uh, your, but I literally like it. Do your parents drink wine? Does your family? My mom will beer? drink some, um, uh, not a lot. My dad canonically has only ever had two, more than two drinks in one day, <laughs> uh, twice. He's had oh, three goodness. drinks twice in his life. Is he a Tito uh, teller? Tito-teller? No, he'll, he'll have two beers. Uh, or, you know, two drinks and that's like some margarita and that's it for the day. So he has, you know, four to respect two. to the control. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I but don't like know. growing up, my parents just did not drink that much. Yeah. My parents either like, well, they would, but they would never, like, we were never a family who had beer in the house or if we mm-hmm. did, it was like going to be there for years and years. Like yeah. my mom famously is a gin and tonic gal. And that's where I got mm-hmm. my taste for gin and tonics and all my friends in college would be like 
such an old lady drink. And I was like, I don't know. I like it. Um, I love mom. a gin and tonic. It's tasty. I've written and I've... articles about gin and tonics. Oh, yes, you have. Um, we got to plug the, the blog at the end. But uh, have you ever had a gin and tonic? I had one. You might have been at this party. Um, we went to Lost Lake for Elizabeth's going away. Oh, I think. Yeah. 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 I got a gin and tonic there. And they used like a yellow, like a barrel aged gin. And it was like a little bit oily oh. and it was kind of cloudy as well. And I honestly asked the bartender, I was like, um, is this a gin and tonic respectfully? And they're like, yeah, it's just really nice gin. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was excellent. So I'm trying to play around with like more like unique gins and like get a new mm. flavor profile. I got an organic one recently. It's kind of, um, it's okay in a gin and tonic, but it's not the best. I mean, I don't know if anybody drinks gin neat. That would be. I cannot. I feel like that's a thing. Odd. If you're like, I'm going to make sure somebody knows that this person's an alcoholic. You'll be yeah. like, they drink gin straight. Yeah. And like Seagram's or something. Um, yeah. Probably something I've, like that. The, the only time I did a shot of gin, awful, mm. awful, was at a person's birthday party where I went on a trolley. Oh, and, um, interesting. We were pre-gaming as you do for those things. Of course. Uh, and <laughs> all we had was gin. So. Yeah, that's when you do shots like that. It's like, yeah. I did I did a drinking game in, I don't know, I must've been in college. It was watching Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. We made up our own rules, but it was like, take mm. a shot every time Guy Fury says like, this would taste great on a flip-flop, something like that. Um, <laughs> but all we had was like this, like really shitty, like plastic bottle handle of vodka. So we did that. And uh, yeah, don't recommend you <clears throat> stick to just a basic ass whiskey. You're fine with that. Yeah, Why are you exactly. shooting anything else? Maybe tequila, but I'm not a big tequila fan. Honestly, fireball. Uh, I, I'm fine I, with fireball. It's, it's great. It's perfect for a shot. Like, and if I'm, if I had my choice, I'd do a pickleback shot hundred percent of the time, but yeah. you don't always have the option. So just go for fireball. It's not trashy. It works. Mm-mm. Exactly. That or Malort to, to be a Chicago guy. Ooh. Have you had Malort? Cause I have a bottle in my house right now. Damn. See my first time visiting, I took a shot of Malort. I think I've had about five total shots of Malort, maybe like mm-hmm. one a year I'll do. It's not terrible. Like it, but it does suck quite a bit, but Spencer, he managed to get away with five years in the city and no shot wow. before we moved to Sydney. They made him take a shot of Malort. They tricked him into it because he was like, I'm not doing it. And he maintains that it was the worst experience of his life. <laughs> I have a Polish friend who loves Malort because apparently it just, that's what all liquor in Poland takes like, just like I weird mean, herbal liquors. I mean, I do, sometimes I do wish I'm like, I wish I grew up with a different flavor palette because I mean, you and I are both among the group, the heat freaks and mm-hmm. uh, for the listener, it is an improv. It's nice group. of you to call them a group. <laughs> we are a solid group. Rehearsals <laughs> weekly. Um, no, we we perform improv. At the same time, not me, but most members of the group will take a tortilla chip and the hottest hot sauce they can find, and then proceed to do improv. Mm-hmm. Is it ever good? No, it's not. It's no. most most often mm-hmm. terrible Awful. improv. <laughs> and it's like worse than I was doing level one classes yeah (laughs) it's just like a nerve-wracking experience for the audience I don't know where you were at the cage match no this I don't even remember we were at IO theater and I know it was Seth Rudy and sponsor yeah and they they like had to run out of the show and went to go get ice cream sundaes because that's the only milk product that they had Mm -hmm. it was 
and again, a terrible set. And I know that oh. they would be okay with me saying that. <laughs> and shout think, out yeah. to CIC for bringing us all together. <laughs> and putting up with our nonsense for so yeah. long. I think that they respected, um, and I, as I know, Farrell will listen. I'll send him the link following the, the posting, but <laughs> I think they respected how much like we were into it. I think that is yeah. a, a huge thing that for a lot of improv classes, especially towards the uh, end of improv, not as many people were super invested. The fact that we were invested, I think they appreciated that. And I mean, we all went out to the Bridgeport, um, or not Bridgeport, Bridgeview. Oh, that was uh, so fun. Fest. And forced ourselves onto the stage multiple times to do awful <laughs> bits about eating hot things. So. I mean, they, again, they respected how into it we were. <laughs> like, that was so, that was such a fun day. I got so sunburned. Um, that was, you got that yelled at by the wrestlers. Time. It was, great. oh yeah. I was openly antagonizing them. I think I tried, no, I, I think I remember thinking about trying to spit on them, but <laughs> I was like, that's not good. Maybe um, a step too far. Maybe. I think so. Um, well, I want to get into our topic and I don't wrestling made me think of it specifically. Cause I feel like one of the, the aspects of this topic has like some cool choreography and I think wrestling falls under that, but what's your topic to whine about? I'll let you introduce it. Cause I want you to present the beef and let's really get into okay. it. Um, in tonight's episode. So I, I had sort of a, a three, I came, I came with three ideas. Uh, mm -hmm. So let's look at the first one. Absolutely. Uh, and that's Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. um, my beef is that they suck okay. and we should wow. get away with Marvel. But before we go further, because mm -hmm. I'm sure people are already turning off people this are, podcast. Yeah, and you're ruining my metrics. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, okay. I, I have watched every single Marvel release. What? 90% uh, of them in theaters. And every TV show I have seen, I think everyone, I've seen at least one episode of, most likely more. Oh. Uh, the only thing I haven't watched is the the Captain America Winter Soldier or whatever it's called, Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, some, some, some. So wait, so you are saying that you think that the Marvel movies suck yes. and yet you have been. Sorry. Mm -hmm. That's okay. This is my girlfriend's coming home, so that's want. why. <laughs> um, and we appreciate it. And we shouts out to weird pandemic puppies. They are the best. Um, what's most shocking to me with this topic mm -hmm. is that you've contributed money to the success and long term phased approach that Kevin Feige. I don't know, but you still don't like them. So you're telling me you've also seen WandaVision too. Yes, I haven't seen the final two episodes, but I'm waiting so I can watch them with people. Now, why are um, you also continuing to watch show. them? Um, so I guess I guess hate is, you know, sort of an awful word. Peer pressure? Um, I mean, it is, well, one, just like sort of keeping up with culture, right? Because that's what- I do. I mean, they are- that. Immensely. They are cultural things, right? That's like they are. what sort of movies, all movies now are like Marvel movies. Basically. It's true. Um, I think I think they're a one-time thing to watch. Like mm. I've tried rewatching them, can't do it. Mm. I get that. I think there are good moments in most of them, if not all of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as like movies, right? They are bad movies. They're, they're interesting content on some level, but that's not like good art, right? Right. They're, it's interesting that 
Marvel as a company is able to make billions of dollars doing this thing, which is basically releasing a TV show as mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, all its surrounding content. But I don't think they're good movies or like good pieces of art. Now they're, they're powdered sugar. Oh, that's a good term for it. I'll tell you one thing now. I hope sponsor listens to this, which he's only listened to one of the four podcasts, which is more than I could say for myself. I don't even listen to these when I edit them. So why would you just be careful about what you say? I more say that for you. Um, (laughs) Won't edit anything. I, well, let me look this up and I'm going to look at my phone because I do want to see the first release because I think the first one that was released was Iron Man, right? Correct. Yeah. So I didn't really watch any of these films. Films is, um, you know, overstating it perhaps. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't watch 2008, 2008. Jesus Christ. I was still yeah. in high school when that came out. Same. And that was, so I think they're now in phase four. Cause that was, I heard one division was the first part of phase four. I, I didn't really watch any of the movies. Honestly, I think until guardians of the galaxy. Cause I was like, I like Chris uh-huh. Pratt. Cause I like parks and rec. Yeah. And I would like to see this movie because it was the first one that appealed to me in any capacity. Cause I was like, this seems like funner and lighter. And I really didn't grasp the concept of, especially within comics, mm. which I'm interested to hear your opinions on just playing comics of the multiverse theory, Yeah, which is interesting. Cause it's something that I very much believe in personal life. I believe there's a multiverse. There's a different version of yeah. Christine and Dylan right now. Like, cause that's just more fun, but mm. I never felt there were stakes to any of these movies. Cause I was like, yeah. this is, this doesn't matter. So when I started eating Spencer, I started to kind of like go through the backlog a bit. And I was like, Hmm, these are entertaining, but I think you're right. They're not like high art. They're not. <laughs> they're, they're entertaining in that I can like sit in a dark movie theater for, you know, two and a half, three hours and be like, okay, I don't want to leave here right now. Sure. You know? And I think they're loud and they're kind of colorful. They are. And it's, I do, I think the color palettes of Marvel movies are almost more important than like, even like the music scores at this point, they're just Mm -hmm. like, what's the stylized look of this? Not necessarily like the sound of it, which is like conversely to like great art, art films. The music is as important as like Mm -hmm. the set design. Actually, I, I don't like either of like, so like when I say bright colors, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I don't mean that they look good. Like there's He's nailing it, man. I know. He's crushing well, I mean, like, it all. You can p- pull a screenshot from like the most recent mm-hmm. Avengers movie, like whatever mm-hmm. the final battle, whatever it's called. I forget. Um, and it like looks like shit. Like it, oh, yeah, the, the CGI but, there is yeah. like overblown. These movies are all CGI and it yeah. just looks like brown mud and like put a real like prop in your movie yeah the, you know that's one thing like it's it's now like refreshing to see practical effects in a movie yeah which like edge of tomorrow is like one of my more recent examples because mm-hmm. the filmmaker really did do i mean a lot of it is cgi for like the, the alien shit spoiler alert yeah. but for like the explosions and stuff where marvel would probably do cgi they yeah. did a great job of that. And it's also, that's one thing 
I don't know if you've seen this. It circles the internet every couple of years. It's a YouTube compilation about how Jackie Chan choreographs his fight, fight scenes versus like this. modern days. I'll have to send it to you. But it's essentially going through Jackie Chan, A, does his own stunts because he's capable mm-hmm. of doing so, or he yeah. hires actors that are capable of doing their own stunts. And what he'll do in his movies that he's directing he will show you the hit twice. Whereas Marvel movies Hmm. show it to you zero times. So a Marvel movie will show the punch lead up and then cut to the reaction, somebody getting hit. So Mm -hmm. you're never really seeing contact where conversely, Jackie Chan will show you the punch and then he'll, I think it may be three times. So it's punch and then he'll like zoom in on that and hit it again, but it's so quickly your brain doesn't register. And then again, cut to the reaction where there's contact being made. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I now notice and that's Marvel movies don't do a great job. Like sure. They're choreo- choreographed, but not like in a believable way. Yeah. I guess Once even like-, like when there is like even hand-to-hand fighting in the Marvel movies is rare, right? It's mostly just like, you know, mm-hmm. Iron Man shooting his little, little beams yeah. from his fists at somebody. Right. Yeah. You know? I so mean- it's just like two guys standing off against each other, pretending to shoot stuff out of their hands because so many of them now are like they're not like captain america really was the only one who was actually fighting with his hands because he's like a advanced human so you might you might see that in the falcon and the winter soldier or i don't know is it winter soldier i don't actually know i I think that's right but like because the falcon is not like a superhuman you'll probably see some more hand-to-hand combat but yeah, they don't really show a lot. I never really realized that it's all just like big sequences, especially now. But mm-hmm. I think this is, yeah. I do want to get to WandaVision too, because mm-hmm. you didn't like it, did you? I heard you whisper. My, yeah. My prop, my, so, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen the last two episodes. Okay. Uh, so I can't comment on that. Mm-hmm. But my initial reaction was that like, the first four episodes or three episodes should have been one episode, right? Like everyone. Oh, yeah. Spencer and part that. of this is sort of the, like everyone around Marvel movies talking about them as if they're the end all be all of like great cinema. Yeah, uh, which I, and so everyone's like, this is so Lynchian. This is like, you know, this is so like, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel so icky watching this, but it's like, <laughs> not really like, cause they have icky. two little flickers, you know, it's not like Lynchian. Um, <laughs> It's just, you know, it's like, it was a pretty good parody of like those types of TV shows, but they delayed the plot so long. It's like, we, okay, we know something's weird happening. So don't wait three more episodes to tell us something's weird happening. Like we're not babies, you know? Yeah. I, I loved it and I have completed it. So I I'll say that because I don't want to give away because I've read quite a bit and it's actually encouraged me to say like, oh, I'm, I'd be interested to read some of the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought it was interesting, even though the whole plot, it's fabrication kind of draws on some of the themes that I, I read that, that are in the comics, but yeah, the first few episodes for sure, it was like, okay, there's not enough happening. That's like weird enough to be like, I don't know, like, I guess it was it the second episode and spoilers guys, sorry, I'll put a little, <laughs> dis, uh, like disclaimer in, but was it the second episode when they just basically like cut from maybe the third cut from Wanda's world to the FBI, like mm-hmm. strike, yeah, the third, strike force sword. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is so starkly. It's such a stark change. Like they gave 
one of the characters, a background that I was like, I'm not interested in them, but because of the phased approach, that's my big problem with Marvel is like, is anything, there's nothing done. That's not without like a profitability reason. Yeah. So that's, I, yeah. I think if they were able to make something that was truly a standalone, like we're just going to explore this as a character piece. Cause like I've read interviews with Elizabeth Olsen being like, yeah, it's like a true character piece, but also superhero. And I was like, but it's not a true character Mm-mm. piece because of the phases. Like you had to incorporate the fantastic four, which they did. You had to incorporate this Monica Rambo so we could introduce the sword strike, whatever they are, yeah. because Monica Rambo is going to play an important part in the next captain Marvel. Like everything, like part of me likes that when I'm watching a standalone film or like even an or episode of like law and order, it's like, okay, you can kind of see like the little clues along the way, mm-hmm. but when it's like over 10 different movies and pieces of like work, it's like, ugh, I don't want to watch every piece of this crossover yeah. to figure so out think, what's going on. I think you just hit my problem with it on the head. Uh, so I've got, I've gotten you to my side. It seems, <sighs> Um, but yeah, like, I think that's fine. (laughs) I could consume less. (laughs) I mean, like if you look at like the press for what they were doing for like Captain America, winter soldier. Yeah. Um, that's like, they're like, oh, this is a seventies paranoia thriller. Mm -hmm. And it's like, or they, they do that for like, you know, Dr. Strange. Like this is like, you know, our weird (laughs) LSD movie or whatever, you know, but like none of them are actually like that. Right. They're it's all sort of like, oh, we'll do, we'll do a reference to it. Or we'll do like a little bit that makes it seem like we'll get, you know, um, what's his face? The guy from the sting, um, um, Newman, Paul Newman, not Paul Newman, Paul Newman and Robert um, Redford. Like we'll get oh, Robert yes. Redford. He was high. Yeah. Who's in all these 70s. And what a get. Thrillers. What a get. But like, that's, that's why people are calling it a paranoia thrill, even though it's like the farthest thing from it. So it's all yeah. like, we'll reference this and we'll say it's an original character piece, but really it's just part of our like, you know, content creation machine instead of, you know, just trying to create like, cause they have, they have good actors. They have good directors and all these things mm-hmm. like, but they are, it's so underneath the Marvel. It's like Paul Feige is like, you know, telling all these like good directors what they yeah. can do, right? I mean, what Edgar Wright, he was, I don't yeah. think he was fired. I think it was a respectful departure. So he was fired, but (laughs) like, I don't recall who came in to direct that Joss Whedon probably. I don't know. I know everybody's like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, yeah, this is, I don't know when people are like, wow, this is shocking. I'm like, is it? Hmm." I I know our, our friend Jensen Karp, uh, not our friend. I don't know him, but he uh, he got shrimp tails guy has (laughs) been outed as a serial abuser. Wait, the act, like the guy who posted about, yeah. and uh-huh. wait. Is married to Topanga? Yeah. So you haven't like, been on Twitter yes, today, I guess. I haven't been on Twitter today, but yesterday it was all about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Now he's like an Oh asshole. yeah, multiple, multiple people are coming out saying he's like a real asshole. Okay, well. Slash worse than an asshole. Good to know. But then again, it's like, I guess it shocks me in the moment. A, because I've never heard of this person, but yeah, mm. you're right. It's not really shocking like that any of this is happening, but to your point about like how they're all the same movie, I'm like thinking back and like, there's some that I don't care to watch. Like, I don't give a shit about the Thor franchise. Like mm. so boring. We tried to do a rewatch <laughs> at the beginning of quarantine. Cause I was like, I just want to see how they all work together. 
because yeah. I know that there's different things. Honestly, I could just watch the post trailer little teasers and be fine. Yeah. But like Guardians of the Galaxy, even though their music, because there was another YouTube that circled around was like, hum your favorite like movie theme, Star Wars, like Jurassic can't Park, do, you can't do it, Harry can't Potter, do it Marvel, ones. Marvel doesn't have one. They do uh-uh. not pay attention to music. So that's why I think Guardians of the Galaxy distinguished itself, mm-hmm. but still it looked the exact same. And yeah, they all they, look the same. They actually, that movie set up the entire Infinity Stone bullshit for the final mm. uh, end game and then whatever the f- one infinity war so yeah. well it's all just like that's the thing right it's all just narrative setup it's like okay we have this movie and we're but we have to set it up for this other movie you know it's like okay just but just be that movie right yeah that because that was the thing i found most disappointing about wandavision because again i really really liked it and i think it would have been so cool if it would just like they just let it be this thing yeah and I think that's probably how they sold it to like Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like, okay, so if I'm a star and like Catherine Hahn, people are like, what a breakout. I'm like, she's been excellent. Forever. Yeah, she's been doing so many good things for so long. <laughs> she's fantastic, wonderful. We love Catherine Hahn. Uh, but I mean, as an actor, it's like, how do you say no to that? You know how much money yeah, you you're can't. gonna make? I guess you have to weigh it like with WandaVision. I don't know if Catherine Hahn's character would have a purpose to come back outside of this universe. So maybe she has like, oh, I get to go do the superhero thing. Fun. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it's like a TV show where, you know, your pilot gets picked up. Typical contracts are seven seasons. I wonder if like with Marvel, like, okay, you're signing on to this movie, but you're also signing on to this, this, and this. Yeah, I'm sure there's some of that. Um, but yeah, it's like, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like Marvel movies is what's going to get you exposure, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not like there's not, what's the last like big deal network thing people are talking about, you know? That's true. Nothing really. The the last season, like modern family, maybe. Uh, Or like big bang theory. I mean, once I, once I moved to Sydney, I really dropped off on my entertainment expertise like my big thing i think before i left i was always proud of how much i knew about movies and tv (laughs) but by movies and tv i was like the oscars and yeah mainstream stuff i've never been great about like outside of like the political machine of the oscars um and like very mainstream but i've really dropped off so I, i mean i couldn't even tell you if there's been any breakout shows like even on like prestige tv i really don't know succession it's the only thing i could think of yeah i i mean it's all like i can think of like netflix shows that were like red like white hot popular for two weeks and then everyone's like like bridgerton everyone was talking about bridgerton yeah. for two weeks and then no one's talking about it anymore or like That's... emily in paris or whatever oh which know? was People are very upset. It got nominated for Golden yeah. Globes. Hold on, I'm gonna mute myself and yell at my job. <laughs> Just do vamping. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, no, but I, I don't know. Like, it's that's another thing that Spencer brought up about the advantage of Marvel on Disney Plus, and this may be more a topic of Dis- Disney Plus now. They have moved successfully, I might add, from the Netflix model of release and binge. Mm -hmm. back to a weekly model 
yeah. which has boosted their, um, their like subscriber base because people are like, well, I could, you know, binge it in a weekend, but most people are like, what's the point? I'll just like watch it weekly. And I kind of like that. I like that they've eliminated a bit of the choice for me. Cause that's one thing <laughs> on Netflix. It's like, they got like 10 shows a month. Like what yeah, am I supposed to watch? Much. Unless it's on like my Google news. All right. I'm not watching. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can. I mean, I don't like it because my sort of preferred TV watching experience is, binging. is watching it like three years after everyone else has watched it. I see. Uh, after I've forgotten all the spoilers I've read. Oh, um, yeah. Or yeah, and then but binging it within like that week, right? So yeah. like if I had if I had my druthers, I would have watched WandaVision like two days ago and just watched all of the episodes at once. Yeah. Um, I don't I mean, I guess the anticipation and because my life is so empty in quarantine, I was like, I like to have isn't? something. Yeah, like when the last dance came out, like at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, Oh, thank God, every Monday we'll have something to do. <laughs> like I don't have to plan something or like yeah. wait on youtube content from like uh bon appetit which was at that time still very much respected <laughs> not like <a laughs> well i wonder i wonder place. if that's why disney's been so successful is because of quarantine i think because people yeah. like want that schedule in their life like me and my yeah. girlfriend watch below deck every monday and that's uh, like a nice treat that's just to have so wonderful where do you guys watch it youtube tv Oh, I refuse. I, I've said, um, I've been you on record. steal someone's account, so. I'll need to ask you for that login because <laughs> I've decided that I don't like YouTube anymore. <laughs> That's my new thing <laughs> of like the fad of YouTube is over. I think it's because all the creators that I'm like following, I just don't care about anymore. So whenever I look at my YouTube like subscriptions, I'm like, I don't even care to watch any of this. Like, yeah. This is the only so thing, unengaging to me. The only thing I watch on YouTube is this, the, do you know the primitive technologies guy? No, but I, I'm sure I would love it. It's, he on... hasn't posted in a year. Oh no, um, when that happens. No, it's great. Cause he, all his videos are like 10 minutes long, completely silent. And he's, it's like this, he's this Australian guy, Australian okay. weirdo who is like shirtless the whole time and just like builds mm -hmm. like mud huts in oh, like I'm the back, like the forests of wherever, I forget where in Australia he is, using like only stones and like shit he founds on the ground. Like a bushcrafter. Uh, yeah. Yes, it rules. I'm very interested in that. It's yeah. very relaxing. He's There's like a river sound in the background the whole time. He like oh, builds yeah. cool furnaces and like bricks. It's great. Yes. Check it out. I, I would be very interested in this. Remind me the name of it again. <laughs> Primitive Technologies. Okay. I don't think he's been canceled yet, so... As far as I know, he's still good. Yeah, I'm like waiting for Babish to get canceled. Um, binging with Babish, <laughs> mostly because um, it, you know if he if he listens to this, Andrew Ray, um, I'm just sick of him. He's so boring. He oversaturates his food. <laughs> Everything that's supposed to be red looks like shit in your videos, man. It's so unappetizing. Get some color correction. Figure it out. But that's like his style. This this guy like loves to saturate his colors. I'm like, it looks so bad when you have like caramelized meats and red sauces which is like so much of what you cook it's very irritating but yeah i'm i'm very into that primitive technologies because we also got into alone have you heard of alone i don't know alone i do uh, not know alone. this is you and sarah should check it out yeah <laughs> it's a show i think it's on the history channel 
Um, and listeners, you know, get the feedback here uh, on the, the upcoming Twitter and Instagram account, which I'll share later with you all. But <laughs> they send people out alone mm-hmm. to a remote location, and it's a contest to see how long you can survive. Oh hell yeah! And the the participants are asked to prepare for uh, or to prepare their families that they will be gone for up to a year. So. Damn. They do like testing and like, they'll bring them out to, to a location for casting basically, but to like, say, show people that yes, I can build a fire. So they try to pick people who can like theoretically survive Mm -hmm. and just like, they give them a camera and then they leave. So all the footage is like self-recorded. They teach them how to record and they have to like get food for themselves. They're taught about the environment a bit. We've watched three seasons. It is, it's wild. Like, yeah, this sounds great. It's fantastic. fantastic. It's on Hulu and Netflix. I think the seasons are spread, but that, that came out of us watching survivor because we got into survivor over quarantine because we needed something relaxing, but you needed like 300 seasons of something to relax. (laughs) Uh, 40, sir, (laughs) 40. And it Mm. was really fun. Um, it was just like, man, these are great. I think you're right. You said something people need routine and structure in the quarantine. And that's what we were looking for. It was like, I just want to be able to have a consistent structure to like go and watch. If I look at my phone for five minutes, I know that they're probably still doing a challenge or like they're probably (laughs) still on this Island. Um, yeah, that's, I really now want to watch below deck. I've honestly just been thinking about what, Oh, you got to check it out. It's great. The new the new season's really good sailing. Last se- the last season wasn't good in my opinion, but what I, I actually I was talking about like how the greater routine it is. I wish that it wasn't just like every single week. Like they because mm-hmm. it's this it's thing now they make so much money off of it. There's yeah. three different types of below deck, so it's like it never stops, which I have a problem with. Like I like a little you know mid season like break. break. Yeah, like a palate cleanser. Exactly. I mean, switch over to Real Housewives or something. Oh, no, thank you. I, I, can't get, I can't get too invested into all this drama yeah. going on. I get that. that. Is, that's actually the other thing about YouTube that I like. I like reading about like YouTube drama. Yeah. Do you catch yourself in like rabbit holes about like mm-hmm. people, people? I have no idea. Never seen their videos like Jeffree mm-hmm. Star or whoever. Just, like, all this drama going on. I'm like, I love that specific reading about the drama. Don't want to watch these videos. Don't like care about the videos, but I want to read about it. Yeah, I'm discovering more and more how similar we are because I could definitely <laughs> get lost. Um, I don't know if you're following the David Dobrik drama with oh, the vlog squad. Oh, okay, no. so the vlog squad, David Dobrik, they have, uh, it started with that guy. He has a YouTube channel. He posts a video a week that is, I think I read somewhere, it's like famously four minutes and 20 seconds long. And I was like, very <laughs> funny. Um, but it's come out that there's been sexual abuse by uh, members mm-hmm. of the vlog squad that kind of like rotates Oof. in and out. Um, people have done videos and said, I don't want to be in this video. And then they post the video. Um, mm-hmm. People are just exposing them for being shitty people who are not conscious of other people's feelings. And the guy's losing all of his sponsors and like he's come out and like been like we really you know, we really respect consent. You know, oh, boy. if these people have like said later 
you know, I don't want to be in this video. I get that, but I just didn't hear it, you know, shitty stuff like that. Um, he's done for, um, and, and, you know, he seems like a real, um, like just like a shitty kid who's not thinking Mm -hmm. about anybody else. So it's like, yeah, you could stand to take a break from your career for a bit. Like you, you're a millionaire for posting shitty prank videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the perfect That's descriptor good. of YouTube stars. Just yes. sort of shitty kids who only care about themselves. Yeah. Jake Paul. Um, yeah. the He did the suicide forest video. Oh, or is that his shit. brother? It's his I brother, which Logan the Paul. Yeah. Which was, I remember reading about that. I was like, I think I watched the first like minute or so. And I was like, just the way he was talking about it. I was like, this is going to be offensive for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is the goal. I That's something... You know, maybe it's just we're disconnected and your reason on Marvel movies too. It's like the general public maybe enjoys these things. Maybe it's just that we don't mm-hmm. enjoy some of the, like the, the food for the masses that, that works yeah. for everybody well, else. I mean, like, that's the thing, right? Like I said, powdered sugar earlier, right? Like mm-hmm. they're enjoyable, I think on some level, you know, like Ant-Man or whatever, like, I went with my brother and he'll tell you, like, I was fucking laughing the loudest in the whole theater, right? <laughs> like, I was cracking up my shit. Yeah. But it's like, it's common. It's like the lowest, like even Paul Rudd, who like, I'll say is one of the, like the best working current comedian, like movie comedians. He's great. Um, But like, it's still like, it could have been sort of like, I guess my problem is it could have been so much better, right? Right. But they had to, they limited it because it's sort of a Marvel movie and they wanted to be as broadly appealing as possible. Not just people in the US, but to people all internationally. across internationally, which is like fine. Like it's cool they're making movies that people in like China and India can like or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, but it's like there is this sort of, they have to, it can't be culturally specific when you want it to be like oh, so broadly international. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I definitely initially, when you, you brought it up, I was like, Dylan, and I don't think I said this at the top, but I wrote a paper in favor of mindless entertainment in college Interesting. um, (laughs) about saying, look, you know, what's really nice watching Glee. I think that was my example, unfortunately, (laughs) Um, watching Glee, turning my brain off and then figuring out how I felt about it after I finished just mindlessly absorbing Spencer's coming home with chicken from target, um, mindlessly consuming entertainment. And then after the fact being like, yeah, I enjoyed that. Or no, I didn't because there is something about like those sitcoms or like those shows that are done well. And I think this was season one glee. So it was all right. Um, don't stop a, a great cliffhanger an amazing pilot just like you knew they were going to get picked up from that cliffhanger but <laughs> but like i i was so in favor and i think i still am and i do very much respect like okay it's really hard to make i think a piece of art or media that appeals to so many because there's so many different people like I find it hard to categorize bucket people so specifically, but it's really hard to do that. Like to, to have a show like modern family, which is like that appeals to millions of people. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. do that? I think that's such a cool thing. And I, I wrote about specifically of like using music and media and how like Grey's Anatomy was another one of my examples, which I still maintain is a great show. Not so much (laughs) right now, but like how they use music. It's like, 
it's really interesting to me how melodrama is able to manipulate your emotions. And I, I Mm -hmm. called it a cool advantage. And like, that's, that is what the Marvel movies are doing. They're manipulating into thinking they're like super specific. Well, when they're not at all. Yeah. Which, and I, I, I agree with you that like, I'm glad like below deck, I can just, you know, they'll, if anything important happens, I will hear about it five times. uh, So I can be on my phone for at least four of those times. Yes. Um, But like, for me, the problem comes in is when people start trading and writing about and like talking about these Marvel movies as if there's some sort of like the newest thing yes. and the newest best thing in art, which they're not. They're like, they're meant to be that sort of mindless entertainment, I guess. Yeah. And I think, you know, we end most podcasts, not to say we're ending just yet, but we like to end with therapy and how we ultimately feel about the topic. And I think you're totally right. It's like my beef with Marvel is not that like they suck and have no value. It's that people don't value them for what they are. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're mindless yeah. entertainment. They're not like, you know, they'll be written about because of the phenomenon of like the money they made, but not necessarily like, wow, what an acting performance by yeah, exactly. Zachary Levi and Thor <laughs> two, whatever it was named. Who replaced the original actor from he Thor did. one. Who was Josh Dallas? He replaced Josh Dallas. I don't know who Josh Dallas is. He was on a show. He's on that Dallas? show Manifest now. No, he wasn't on Dallas. The, that one got canceled pretty quick. Um, hey, I still know a little bit about it. I don't, I don't know what Manifest is. Is this like a fake loss? Yes, it is. It is a fake loss. My <laughs> yeah, parents are watching right. and they said, we're really bored of it. We hope it get can- gets canceled because <laughs> they're really bad at giving up on TV shows. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, I feel like the the beef I have with a lot of st- like I famously have beef with Beyonce because mm-hmm. famously famously um, I I think Beyonce is fantastic and amazing mm-hmm. and a wonderful artist but when people say wow I can't believe she surprised Jay Z with this album I'm like um, she's a billion dollar business like she didn't even write these songs like she has a team of songwriters behind her there's absolutely no way that jay-z didn't know what she was doing like i think i think when people don't like understand the reality of like the business so to speak it Mm -hmm. kind of annoys me similar to these marvel it's like it kind of annoys me when they're like wow these are amazing the best thing that's ever made i had a a college (laughs) classmate he said, have you seen Pirates of the Caribbean 2? <laughs> and I was like, I don't believe I've had the pleasure. And he goes, oh, what? You haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean 2? And I was like, if I have, I don't remember it. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite movies. Johnny Depp is the best actor. And I was like, oh, my God. I just don't care. Like, yeah, it's probably fine. <laughs> And that, that's funny because that movie was going to be one of my examples for like something that a movie that's just setting up the plot of like yes. the next movie. Right. Because I like I mean, you know, Johnny Depp being a shithead aside, like I like the first parts of the Caribbean. It's like a it's fun, fun movie. It's a silly movie because uh, it's not it's not like concerned with having two more movies or five no. more movies, however it after is. But then the second one immediately, like, OK, we have yeah. to plan out the future. And that and then it just gets completely bogged down in what is the ins- like awful plot we're going to do yeah. with the elf from Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's just like, come on. The elf but or actually, Orlando Bloom? To, uh, yeah, exactly. To do a, to do a callback mm. that's sort of like uh, the wrestling, which we talked about at the beginning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. idea of like kayfabe, right? 
that, that people know this is fake, uh, but they will pretend that it's real because it adds more enjoyment. That's I mean, maybe like, that's the Marvel thing then. I guess it yeah, is the but, same. But people like, from what I've seen, people don't actually know that it's fake, right? They just sort yeah. of bought into it 1000%. Same for Beyonce, you know, if you tweet huh. anything about Beyonce, like come for post you. anything, they will come for you. Yeah, but that is a weird smallest thing. joke. I mean, wrestling fans, you're right. Like super specific. I mean, it, that made me think of a TikTok I saw, which was a guy talking about unions. Actually, you're probably much more oh. knowledgeable at the, about this than me, but like the guy was like, I'm in a union and I'm a welder. And I talked to my non-union friend and we looked at each other's paychecks and my take home is double than what he has. Mm -hmm. But this guy is so brainwashed to think that like unions are bad. Yeah. Like wrestling is fake. Wrestling is real that he assumed, well, your take home is wrong. Even though he was like literally looking at the facts and the evidence, like, yeah, there was some wrestling thing a couple of weeks ago. They were like, the world's going to explode at the end of this. And oh yeah, the that <laughs> AEW match. Yes, the exploding all barbed wire. Yeah, <laughs> was just like a weird, <laughs> shitty pyrotechnics. And I was like, but I'm sure there's so many wrestling fans that were like, wow, I'm so glad the world didn't end. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that That's was a really close call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which actually, if we have a little bit of time left, I yes, do kind of want to talk about my second thing, which I do. Sort of moves into what. Uh, and this we agree on, mm -hmm. I believe, sort of the shittiness of modern comedy movies. They suck. Or at least the lack of good ones. It's so... It's bad. I think all modern comedies, and I don't know when this happened or what year with what comedy, but there's a weird... There's a weird move that, like, there's there's a lot more physical comedy that that's, like, not funny enough to be mm -hmm. there. Like sisters the movie like somebody falls off a house and then jumps up and it's like i'm okay and it's like there's always something life-threatening to somebody's physical well-being like there's always some like mobster and like it feels like all of them are the same well this actually somewhat goes back to my marvel theory which is why okay. i wanted to bring it up please it's because and this is a, an original idea with me like people have talked about this before like stu like modern movie studios just want to make money right that's yeah. like what their their goal is sure. and comedy is so culturally specific i know that you can't sell a, an american comedy movie to like chinese theaters no. or to you know european theaters it just doesn't translate no. and so there's no money for like a mid-budget like movie like ghostbusters or whatever right mm -hmm. like when they do it's like you know we get this whole thing and it flops almost completely yeah. Uh, so you don't you you won't see like a five million dollar budget comedy. It'll be either a big action comedy with like yeah. an action star action. teaming up right. with uh, like a comedy guy. Yeah. Or it'll be some like oh we're doing a dramedy and this is going to be meant for Sundance or whatever. There's no yeah. you don't get your like mainstream comedy right. anymore. Yeah, that's the term. <laughs> what Barb and Star comedy. is the best. Have you seen it? Comedy, yeah. Like that I... or. Uh, Game Night are by like maybe the two best comedies in the last like. 10 I agree, years. honestly, and like Game Night, like it's still kind of like an action comedy because like yeah. the whole oh, premise is like they are. I don't even remember the premise, but there's you know mistaken identity, yeah. classic comedy. But Barb and Star, I read some reviews of it too, and after watching it, it was like the reviews were there are literally no ill intentions. This is just stupid and silly, and like yeah. that's some of the comedy that I prefer most. Like I would argue that that's like 
what Mel Brooks did. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this is ridiculous. Like these premises are silly and people are just doing stupid fart jokes. Like, why is it that's still very funny? Like, yeah. And I mean, like, like honestly, like Barb and Star, maybe a B, B minus comedy, but like, because at least for me, because it's like the only thing out, I yes. was like dying watching it. I was like, I haven't seen anything like this in forever. Yeah. I mean, if we look to, cause we're relatively the same age. Like if we look to like the biggest comedies of like our use, it was like Anchorman and Dodgeball, which mm-hmm. were actually absolutely absurd films. Yeah. So it's very much akin to those types of movies, but it's like the stuff that I grew up with that what I would consider comedies, like don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. One of my favorite movies. It's not even really a comedy. It's just like a fun movie. I'm trying to think of others like heavyweights. Heavyweights is probably yeah. a comedy that like most people have seen. And it there's a lot of those, actual... right? It's like they're they're not like maybe comedies, but they're fun movies, you know? Yeah. Like what about Bob is another one yeah. that I grew up watching. Like, but you're right. It's like all of these comedies have to have like this international appeal. And it's like get hard. It's like, what? Like it keeps yeah. selling it to me on my TV. Like it's in a little icon. Watch <laughs> get hard. I'm like, no, I don't want to watch this. Like, actually, you know, it was good. Um, the Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams movie. Um, Eurovision. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah. That was fun. That one was another one where I was like, this is just a sweet, innocent, like we're just trying to do something silly. And it's, that's one thing. It's like, there's no, like, there's no lightheartedness to any of these movies. It's just like, that's the same thing though. Right. Like that movie was probably made on like, you know, 5 million bucks or whatever. And like, you can tell that's a low budget and didn't get a wide release. (laughs) Because of the pandemic, I think that came out sure. recently, right? But like, still, my guess is would have maybe been to like a couple thousand theaters. In like- I yeah, I bet it would have been released nationally at least. But yeah. you're right; it totally like like Will Ferrell did it because his wife is from Sweden and like mm. she knew about Eurovision, and he was like, "This is fascinating." Rachel McAdams probably did it because I mean, I don't know if they have a connection, but she's also just like. Rachel McAdams is going to be good in everything she's ever done. Yeah, she's, she's everybody's past for, for any relationship. As Spencer <laughs> extensively love Rachel McAdams. She, she's in game night too, right? She's in game night too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just so earnest. I love Rachel McAdams so much. Um, and the time traveler's wife, which was one of my all time favorite movies and about time. Another one of my all time favorite movies. Um, I mean, just like the scene in game night where she's trying to take the bullet out of his arm. Just great. So good. It's yeah, but it's like there's stuff that's like with these big comedies. I really don't know where the breakdown is. I think you're right. It's like the international release. You can't you can't like play big stuff that's not huge action because like Anchorman, arguably, I don't know how it did internationally, but it's just the absurdity worked for everybody. Well, it's it's like so based on like English, like right, like American English, like a lot of the jokes and the culturally specific like this 1970s newscasters that's true. in the United States, right? That's so, and in part of like, that's what you need for comedy a lot of times, right? Is you need very specific things for it to work. And it just, it doesn't translate and it doesn't make money. So people aren't making them. But I think what also maybe why it worked so well could also be the character. Cause this is one thing I heard in my first improv workshop ever. <laughs> But the quote was Jimmy Corain. Who was it? "Mm, Mad love to his success. (laughs) Not so much to his um, ideas specifically on short form improv. But in any case, it's nice of you to call it success. You know, he's got listeners. Um, 
he actually recorded with my old boss, Diana, about short form. He came down to Houston during the Houston Improv Festival. And he basically just shat all over uh, short form improv, which she owns a comedy for- sports franchise. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, he's just like, yeah. this sucks. It's not funny. And oh she's like, okay, God. cool. It's like, sure, have those opinions. Like, that's your right. But yeah, <laughs> what a terrible interview. Anyways, um, the quote was, character um lives everywhere where plot lives nowhere and it was more specific to to an improv set where it's like okay if you're just gonna bring something to move a plot forward you're you're like an exposition person you're just filling out Mm. like necessary information yeah it's helpful but like you can also do that with a defined character like don't be just an informational player be somebody who's memorable and I thought that's interesting. Cause like, if you look at anchorman, if you look at dodgeball, you remember the seventies news team, you remember mm. whitey Goodman, you remember even in heavyweights, like his character, who's pretty much white Goodman um, <laughs> in heavyweights. Like, what about Bob? You remember Bill Murray, um, yeah. ghost ghostbusters. You remember those three guys and groundhog's day. You remember Bill Murray. Just like well, you don't sequencing. remember Winston Zedmore. I'll be mm, honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen ghostbusters, oh. but well, that's fine. <laughs> um, Again, my one of my favorite movies is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. So <laughs> much more niche. But like in Barb and Star, like they played in that. It's like we're gonna play these yeah. like Groundlings era. One hundred percent, they were characters from Groundlings that they were like trying to do all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely, and they're like, guess what? We have money now. Like yeah. Melissa McCarthy has been quoted as saying, like. I know that these movies might not be doing great, but I'm doing them with my friends and my husband and we're having a good yeah. time making them. And I'm like, exactly. respect, glad yeah. for you. <laughs> and like, like one of like the best Melissa McCarthy movie, the one with Jason Statham, uh, Spy or whatever. That one's so fun. It's so good, but it's still that action it's comedy an action thing, comedy. right? Like You're right. And a lot of the jokes are like action, like pratfall type stuff. Like what worked? Cause like, that's, that's a bigger question on movies. It's like, what is the impetus? So like, I think John Wick or no taken is the impetus of like old man or like somebody who you don't think is going to be super action forward is now action forward. And then John Wick Mm. perpetuated it. Now it's like this weird spy assassin film who's like gone rogue. Like that's a whole trope. Now, Charlie Saron did it. Jessica, Jessica Chastain. I'm pretty sure Liam Neeson's done like two or three, but like, that's now a trope. Like what was the first action comedy that succeeded? Because I'm like, I'm even like wondering where did this come from? Like lethal weapon is a big one. That's Um, true. Like a lot of Jackie Chan ones when he tries to like be funny, like the tuxedo or whatever. What was the original one? Rush Hour. I mean, Rush Hour is yeah, a fantastic movie, though. It's like, is that what they're yeah. chasing? Oh, I mean, yeah. Like the, um, oh, what's it? The Will Ferrell um, Boston got Mark Wahlberg one. That's oh, the comedy. other guys. I yeah. I honestly was it because like Rush Hour, I'd even classify as like a different class than like mm-hmm. to the to the modern day because Rush Hour it was like they still had a bit of heart and like humanity, like. Yeah. Jackie Chan and his whole family and like the the kid's daughter was taken so it was like we have to save this girl there was empathy and like there were stakes but yeah that's what it is there's no stakes in stakes. the modern comedy yeah. yeah none like because you don't care about the characters Mm-mm. and it's frustrating because it's like I'm just bored now yeah 
like uh i mean edgar wright's like those are like action comedies uh, and, and like he does you, them so well he does them so well partly because i think partly is because he sort of actually likes the movies that he's yeah. making fun of right like you yeah. can tell that he like loves those movies that he's making fun of which i think is sort of a key thing that I not mean, a lot get to. i he hasn't done anything in a while since ant-man and i'm like i know edgar wright's like he all didn't the even Shaun do of the dead. Did i know but Shaun of the Dead, like the um, Cornetto tri- trilogy, yeah. um, the End of the World one, and then Hot Fuzz, which was one of my favorites. So good. Fantastic. I just, I just, film nerd. I just watched the uh, the original Wicker Man, which that movie just like straight up steals from. It really? Rules. I was like, oh, this a, is it's all- horror, right? Because I'm too scared yeah. to see it. But it's like it's like a 70s horror. You you won't be scared watching it. Okay. I think it's like a, it's like a very, it's a very interesting movie to watch. Interesting. Uh, Cause you're like, Oh yeah. There's so many movies that like midsummer just straight up like steals. I mean, you know, they're not going to call it stealing, but there's like take it's, from Wicker. It's Man. respect. No, all art. I got a book when I graduated high school. It was like all art, all artists steal from each other. It was like yeah. some classic book. It was very common among my graduating class to get like this book. It's like all good art is stealing. It's not plagiarism because it's respect. And I was like, I'm not going to read this. I I don't know how to read famously. The only, uh, the only thing these movies didn't steal from the original Booker Man is like this five minute long scene where this woman just sort of gets naked and sings in a hotel room. Oh boy. Uh, and like, you never really see her character again after that. Here's <laughs> like, okay, I'm watching this. Yeah. Um, and like, now that you said that to go back to the original topic and I mean, to relate to comedies, there is no luxury of having that type of scene in Mm -hmm. mainstream film anymore. No, Uh, like there's no luxury of having like, just like a beautifully shot, well-framed, well-color corrected, like gorgeous scene, not even for five minutes. Well, it's like, there's time. There's no like I mean even freaking Ghostbusters has like this weird blowjob scene right the new like, one what? or the old one no the old one yeah where he like gets blown by a ghost and you're like why is this in here but that's just like sort of how old movies used to be they just used to have like just like sex scenes because that was a part of movies that's and they've the gotten trend like now. rid of them yeah the trend now is just like make money right that's it, yeah, it can't bummer. be it can't be R rated. It's got to be PG-13, oh, yeah. like the highest. It's such a bummer, man. I mean, we've we, I touched lightly in your introduction of being a socialist, and I hope you're okay with me calling you one. Yeah, um, I'm very fine with it. <laughs> that's just like more and more. It's just my questions are, why why can't you be a rich person, but also a kind person? Like, mm-hmm. why is that somehow reserved for our generation to be like oh i also care about you as a human being (laughs) and i want to like if i were rich like people are like if you won the lottery what would you do and i'm like the first thing i always say is like i'd probably give money to my parents and my brothers so they could be taken care of i'm like take that idea and extrapolate it to the people in need like Mm -hmm. what i just don't it's very frustrating. Perhaps you're like in your head, Christine, welcome. <laughs> welcome, Christine. Welcome. <laughs> I just, it just makes me so mad. It's like, can we not just like enjoy 
a moment of our lives without money being involved, or at least share that joy of money with everybody so that we can all benefit in a way that's fulfilling. Well, if you, uh, this not, I'm, not I hate to go back to the climate. No, I hate to go back to the Twitter. Well, again, please. But, uh, I love Twitter. Burn the other day was like talking about how like Elon Musk has too money, too mm-hmm. much money, which is sure. true. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Elon's like replies and he's like, I'm, I'm saving my wealth so I can bring, you know, people to the stars. Okay. Then As do if, it. Like, yeah. Like, first of all, do it. <laughs> Second of all, like, no, you're not. Cause you're all your space shuttles blow up. And like, <laughs> isn't it more important that people aren't starving on earth than yeah. the, like living on Mars? But and he has defenders. That's like the thing, right? Is that people have uh, bought into Joe this Rogan mindset. Fans. Yeah. Like, oh, if this guy can do it, I can do it too. You know, yeah. they bought to that mindset of like, if you if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. But if you teach a man a fish, he'll live, eat for a year. Not it's like the most way people our world is set up. Fish, you know, it's like, yeah, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. It's just like it's so interesting to me that humanity does not understand. <laughs> How to share. Yeah. Even if you like go, and this is an awful example, my socialist card will be revoked. But like, if you look at like the 1920s or like the 1890s or whatever, Mm -hmm. like our, the Rockefellers, like they at least built, you know, like libraries and stuff that people could use. Yeah. Like they, you know, but now it's like, oh no, we'll build a secret, you know, the Epstein plane where no one else can go on. Right. Build something that's accessible. Yeah. And going to breed future knowledge. Yeah, it's just as I'm as I'm aging, which is funny because n- the the normal stereotype is like as you age, the more conservative you get. But our generation, I think, is like the more we age, the more yeah. fucked up everything is getting. <laughs> Although that's one thing. Whenever I have kids, I know that like there's something that changes in you that I think you be just become more aware. I hope that doesn't happen to me. Not aware, but that's my assumption. People become more mm-hmm. conservative because it's like, oh no, I have to protect my brood, my family, my kin, yeah. share and hoard my wealth. That's my assumption. I, I think that because I'm conscious of it, that won't happen. We'll see. But <laughs> it's like, it's just insane to me how much people need, like I make good money and it's probably too much. Like I, I can buy freely and that's a great privilege. And I think there are a lot of people who probably make the same amount as me and would be like, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. I'm like, listen, can you buy shampoo on Amazon? You're probably doing great. <laughs> you should donate weekly or yearly at least. I don't that's, know. It's funny. Like people, you know, in our like tax bracket donate way more than like rich people like oh yeah you know comparatively like percentage wise and just because like we understand that even though like and i know you're not making five hundred thousand dollars a year like i wish still you i know like we still have to pay for all these things we shouldn't have to pay for like healthcare and all this stuff yeah like, being even in you can Sydney, buy shampoo on amazon so many people in sydney were like so what is it what do you, how does it work like how does it work like with your healthcare?" and i'm like what do you mean I'm like, can you just go to the doctor whenever? And I was like, well, I have to schedule an appointment. And then I'm lucky enough to have insurance through my provider, but I have a PPO, meaning I have a short copay. Guys, my brother called. I ignored him for the pod. Um, 
but I have pod. to do a copay. And then, you know, sometimes if my maybe procedure or when I got my sinus surgery, that was elective. So I had to pay more. And they're like, what do you mean? Like elective? What is like, they were so confused. That was another yeah. question I got was Christine, how did you let this happen to America? And I'm like, how did I let this happen? Yeah, this is your fault specifically. Excuse me. Do I look like somebody who's wearing a MAGA hat? Like get bent baby. No, I was not I alive did. during world war two, yeah. which is when this happened. I did my part, which unfortunately what was taught to me doing my part would solve things and it did not. So I need you to assess the greater picture, Fernando, (laughs) who was my boss, Roberto, Roberto. Anyways, um, we're getting wild. We're getting crazy. So I think we should start logging off. And I want to thank you so much, Dylan. Ultimately, I think we landed, we landed on people not assessing Marvel movies correctly. And we landed on the action comedy and the basically money is the root of all evil. I think that's, Mm -hmm. Where we That's landed. A, I love to Is end that on correct? that point. That Perfect. sounds great to me. Well, I want you to plug your stuff because I know you've got quite a bit and I want it to get out to the people because it's certainly content I enjoy and I do subscribe to the blog. Um, where can we find you on the internet and what else do you want to plug and support this week? Thank you. Uh, yeah. So at Montana Blowhard on Twitter uh, and then www.dillenshear.substack.com dot com if you want to read my once weekly blog about whatever awful thoughts pop into my head each week (laughs) and we do and honestly i mean i've just started this endeavor into podcasting and i've already found it difficult to maintain a schedule so the amount and the fact that you maintain consistency i respect quite a bit (laughs) thank you (laughs) i certainly edited the last episode at 11:30 in my bed for a 7 a.m release the next day <laughs> so, oh i find myself in that play position all the time okay good so i'm not crazy no. um but we want to thank you dylan and as always we want to um we want to end now and we're going to continue shit talking and gossiping off air but we want to say thank you to sound and fury and that this episode was sponsored by sound and fury Ooh, thank you guys and adios to everyone peace, peace. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash devilsdaughterpodcast for more bonus content. Special thanks to Spencer Kovakovich for lending me these high-fidelity gaming headphones and figuring out GarageBand. We also want to thank our Patreon subscribers, April Adams, Andrew Akraboff, Sam Bowers, Ann Welty, Adam Kershaw, Caleb Brecken, Eric Peterson, Chris Van Houten, Rick Dugan, and Susie Carroll, and anyone else we missed. Thank you. If you like this podcast, check out the other bangers in the network, Talking Shop with James Dugan and Rob Grabowski. Listen in as they interview comedians in the Chicago comedy community about life, comedy, and everything in between. Experience the World, a guided auditory experience of pre-quarantine activities like baseball and kissing. Dear Diarrhea, a podcast where guests read their embarrassing diary entries, poetry, music, and stand-up. Blocked, a podcast where guests do dramatic readings of their actual horrifying dating texts.
Devil's Daughter is now offering online improv workshops and classes through partnerships with local BIPOC improv teams and donations to social justice organizations. Your class tuition helps fund and grow our community. Check out Devil's Daughter Instagram and Facebook for more information.